1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the co-op podcast, episode two hundred and two. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr. and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary Acewaby. How's it going, Gary?
2: Hey, happy Easter everyone. I'm doing fine. How are you?
1: Doing pretty good also. Um we're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo.
0: How's it going, Mr. Lugo? Happy Easter, everybody. I'm doing good. Uh, I've been busy. Uh, I mean, I'll be able to talk a little bit about that soon, but overall, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. I'm having a good Easter thus far. Got a lot of candy. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of
1: candy, and you got those eggs too, then. Yeah. All right. Oh, of, course, we also of ha- course. Oh, yeah, you definitely need those. And we're also joined by Mr. Max Muller. How's it going, Max? It's going pretty good. Happy Easter, everyone. Yes, and as everyone has already said, you know, I guess I had to be the last one to add my two cents in. Happy Easter to everybody. Uh, You know, we do apologize for the bit of a delay. I know some of you was be expecting us to start recording earlier, but, you know, some of us actually ate our Easter dinner already. So um, we hope that you all are enjoying Easter. You know, take time out today to have some fun, you know, have some good food, just relax. Uh, so... We do have quite a bit of topics to get into this week. But before we do that, we're going to let you all know what we have been playing. So, uh, Mr. Lugo, I know you have some things to say about what you've been doing the last couple of days. You can't really talk too much about it, but let us know what you've been playing.
0: So, yeah. Now, one of the things I can say, because, again, I'm still under embargo. I'm still under NDA right now. But basically the other day or not too long ago, I went to Dallas. I went to go see a game. And you guys are going to hear about that next week on the co-op podcast. I'll be able to talk about that fully because the embargo first is going to be on the 18th and you'll probably start seeing stuff pop up with me and Rich. We're going to probably do something right before them, but definitely on the co-op. I'll get more into detail about that next week. So that's something for you guys to look forward to. Uh, another game I can be, I can uh, say that I am playing right now, but I just can't give my impressions or review just yet. I'm reviewing the Disney afternoon collection right now here on the, on the, the coalition. You guys could expect a review of that again next week around the 18th. A lot of the embargoes are really kind of like hitting around the same day. So uh, definitely expect that. I know a lot of people that grew up with the Disney afternoon collection are going to be interested to see if this like brings anything new to the table. So look, for that very very soon uh, I'm also I have been playing Persona 5 Obviously I've been really Playing that extensively You know Ever since my review went up If you guys haven't already Check out the review We have up on the coalition.com now As well as also The entire discussion That me and Rich had uh, When the review went up live It's the first game that I've uh, reviewed here on the site that I've given a 100 out of 100 and for a number of different reasons. And I'm still playing it even now, so that should be testament to why that is. But definitely check out that discussion. Definitely check out that review. I have been daddling and a few other games here and there, but really, a lot of the games that I've mentioned, a lot of stuff I've been doing, has really been taking up the bulk of my time. So that's what I've been up to. Other than checking out all the stuff that's been going on at a uh, Star Wars Celebration, all the news that we'll probably talk about in a bit, as well as also uh, enjoying my Easter. I got myself some uh, a group, whole giant bag of candy, including jelly beans, including Peeps, including chocolate eggs, uh, chocolate bunnies, some Reese's. I got a whole bag of Reese's. I just put it in a giant bowl just for myself for later, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. So I've been enjoying myself. It's been good.
2: Yo, you gotta send me some of those sweets, man.
0: Hell no, son. That's my peeps. You ain't taking my peeps. What's the matter with you, Gary? You know what you could get? You could get the black jelly beans, be the little purple ones that nobody likes to eat. Whatnot, the ones that taste like licorice. You could take those. Son. That's all I'm saying. I'll take anything. <laughs> so I'm just, I just playing. You could get a chocolate egg, Gary. It's okay. We'll give you a chocolate egg. Chocolate egg at least.
2: Now I feel special. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah, 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 Gary. So, so make sure that you, you know, to uh, you know, to pay him back. Make sure that you bring some, uh, some of those, uh, those wanker chips. That's what you call them, right? The wanker. No
0: <laughs> wanker. Chips. Chips. Yeah, yeah, he said are wanker chips wanker? Or wanker chips. I They're thought, I thought called... being a wanker is bad in, in, in the UK. When you're called a wanker, that's like really bad. I thought.
2: They're actually called Walkers.
1: Oh, that's what they are. Oh. Okay, well, yeah. All right. So, well, what are you talking I about, Richard?
2: Makes
0: <laughs> the chips.
1: Oh, hey, I thought that's what it was called. I forgot what what they're called. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Yes.
0: Oh, yes. one thing I shouldn't mention before we continue is that we also have some other reviews that are up on the coalition. Now we have a review for Has Been Heroes. It's a little bit late than normal because of a couple different things besides all the stuff and the places I've been, you know, dealing, doing work, stuff for the site. But we have a review of that up now as well, so you guys can check that out. We gave it a six out, 60 out of 100 Uh, for a number of different reasons, but check out the details on that review if you guys are curious. It's both on PlayStation 4 that we reviewed it on, but the game is also available on the Nintendo Switch. I'm surprised that the
1: Switch has games, but that's good to hear. (laughs) Yeah. So, it sounds good. So, um, uh, Max, how about you let us know what you've been playing? I've been playing a lot and a lot of Mass
3: Effect again. I got about 13 hours further than I was last week, so I got to check out a few more uh, cool planets, which is nice because I was starting to get a little bit bummed out on the game going to one of the planets I went to because it was all just kind of the same stuff. But I guess that's just the branch I took because there are two different branches you could have taken, and I guess I took the less exciting one. But um once I started getting into the story content on that planet everything started to pick up and I really found myself hooked. And then when I got to the other planet on that other branch, like it was really, really great the whole time. It was a beautiful like kind of, I guess, rainforesty type planet and you can't use the vehicle on it. So it was a bit different. I'm running around everywhere and having all these animals attacking me and all these different monsters attacking me, which was a big change from the other planet. So that was cool. And some really big story elements happened. So I'm really excited to get back into it whenever I can. Um, Other than that, I haven't really been playing too much this week. I've been playing this ARPG for review known as Asura, and I haven't gotten too far into that yet, though, so I can't comment much on it, aside from the fact that it's very difficult. So I'm going to be spending quite a bit of time trying to get through that game.
1: Sounds good. So uh, would you say that Mass Effect Andromeda now has moved to the top of your list as uh, one of the... uh best game experiences of 2017 or is that still to be determined that's definitely
3: still to be determined
1: we'll have to see on that one (laughs) well i don't think gary's going to like that but uh you know good to hear so gary how about you let us know what you've been playing
2: Uh, of course i've been playing overwatch and they actually have a new event now um, i think called insurgents and um basically it introduces um, a pve mode and it's like Tracer's first mission, so it's kind of like a um, like a flashback to when she first joined like Overwatch and stuff. And um, yeah, uh, basically you have to. It's like a wave thing, basically. Like you uh, move to certain points, and you have to kill waves of enemies and stuff like that. But it's really fun to play and very challenging. I've so far I've managed to beat the uh, the normal, the normal and the hard difficulty. Um, so yeah, I'm going to try the expert and legendary next, but, uh, well, I have tried the expert one and I got killed like every time. So it's definitely tough and you have to uh, make sure there's good communication with the three other people that you get to play with. But yeah, it's definitely a fun event and, um, I like a lot of the new skins and stuff that they the cosmetic stuff that they've added as well um there's a few that i want but i still haven't managed to unlock them yet and that's always the annoying thing when they release like new skins and stuff because uh you have to like go through so many loot boxes to try and get what you want basically and i don't want to like pay for loot boxes so yeah that's the only annoying thing but still enjoying that game you know almost a year later And um, speaking of that, um, Terry Crews actually released a video recently revealing that he's going to be at E3. And, you know, now a lot of people are speculating that Doomfist is a reality and and, um, Terry Crews will actually be voicing that character in Overwatch. So I'm hoping that's what the announcement is going to be at E3. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. Um, I've also been playing Mass Effect Andromeda as well and you know i was like uh earlier this morning i was feeling like man like i just want this game to be over with already because like i kept getting new missions like all the time and like i could just like grind the story and beat it probably like within within a day but i don't want to miss anything like i want to make sure i do all of the side missions and all of the uh the ally quests and stuff the loyalty missions and stuff like that because I don't want to miss like any crucial parts of the story or any interactions with the characters. You know, I don't want to miss any character development at all in the game. So yeah, like I'm trying to to clear off my entire list, but there's like so many things. There's so many different quests and you have to go back and forth between planets a lot and it just takes up a lot of time. But um today I did actually manage to do to, to get a chunk of it done. And it seems like I'm approaching the end of the game now a little more, and I've managed to um, clear a bunch of like um, ally quests and stuff like that. So it seems like I'm making progress now. So I'm a bit happier now. But yeah, this game, like, um, like it, it's got a lot of quests, which is good because it's it's a lot of content. But I, I feel like it's more filler than substance whereas the previous games the previous mass effect games like every mission kind of meant something like and it meant something to the development of the characters that you know that you bring along with you and stuff like that so that's what the difference is Uh, I'd, i'd much rather um have like side missions that have substance and mean something to the story than just stuff to do you know like just because um and i feel like at the moment we're kind of saturated with you know open world experiences like that that have a lot of like side content like that and it's not meaningful side content all the time and yeah that's kind of annoying right now because there's so many games to get through so i I can't like every game can't be like that because you know just kind of kind of you know it's too much it's overwhelming but yeah um decent game so far though definitely enjoying it and i'm looking to hopefully we'll get to talk more in depth about that game in particular as well like once we will be in stuff because i definitely feel like we need to um have like a reflective look at the game and you know what it accomplished and everything like that so hopefully we'll do that at some point in the future but that's all i've been playing this week
1: so so let me just say this yeah i think we definitely will have a reflective discussion on mass effect andromeda uh, I don't know when that's going to happen because I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish that game. Uh, but you know, we'll see. It all depends. Uh, I also do feel as though the side quests are little little meaningless in the game thus thus far where I'm at. So I don't know. I will have to try and power through that. But I I do have a couple things I do want to say about the game. So we are going to have a some type of you know podcast separate about that. Uh, I don't know when uh, we will give you guys more details on that at a later time. But uh, as for what I have been playing, first and foremost, I finally got a chance to play episode three of The Walking Dead uh, season three. Um, I don't want to really give too. I don't want to really don't want to want to give any spoilers about the experience because I think uh, you know for those that if they are planning to play the game, they definitely should play it. Um, but I, what I will say is this, uh, the season is, is pretty good so far. Um, you know, a lot of the, the choices, a lot of the big moments that happen within the first two chapters, uh, pretty significant. And they, they do carry over into this chapter. Um, you know, Clementine is not really, I mean, she is not the main star of this particular season. She just still plays an important role though throughout. She is one of the supporting characters. And um, her story is getting interesting now in this third episode. Uh, is a lot more action-oriented this time around. A couple of twists and turns in the storyline. Very violent as well, you know, as you would expect from a Walking Dead game. But um, I am going to definitely be doing some type of podcast to talk about this season in more depth. Uh, you know, once that has concluded, you know, we're on episode three. I have no idea when episode four and five are coming out because I know... The Guardians of the Galaxy game, that first episode starts this upcoming Tuesday. So I don't think that Telltale is going to release another episode of Walking Dead until maybe next month. I'm not 100% sure about that, but that will be my guess for the moment. But so far, it, it, it's a great season. Uh, having played the Michonne game prior to this one, this is definitely 20 times better than that Michonne spinoff uh, game that they had. Not necessarily uh, a bad thing. That was still a good game, but this is the real actual season, so there's a lot more in, that's involved with the actual storyline. And the choices are more meaningful. You know, you do feel as though when you make a, a choice, you know, it definitely has repercussions moving forward into the storyline. So I'm liking the season so far. So definitely we'll have more to talk about with that as we get deeper into the episodes. But I would say if you enjoyed the first season of Walking Dead and the second season then yeah, this is a no-brainer. You should pick this up because it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It's very emotional, very dark. But again, you already know this game is called The Walking Dead for a reason. And you know how the serious is that you already know what you're getting into. And I'm very much enjoying the experience so far. So I would definitely recommend you check that out. One other game that I do want to talk about briefly, and I'm actually working on a review for this game now, uh, The Sexy Brutale. You know, I've had more time with this game now, and I can honestly tell you, I believe this game is a bit of a sleeper hit as far as indie titles goes. Uh, I'll be very surprised if at the end of this year, this is not mentioned as one of the better indie games uh, so far this year. Uh, I mean, there's no way of knowing what else is coming out for the rest of the year. But so far, what I have played in this game is a very unique concept. Uh, the game, you know, it, it's it's a very different type of experience. It's like, you know, on the service, it is a puzzle game, but there is a, a lot more to it, you know, than just that. It is a mystery game. Uh, you have to basically try and save the guests that are staying in the mansion that you that you run, uh, and it's, it's just it's just you have to really think about how you do certain things, how you approach certain situations. But it's a very fun game. Um, it's a very fun game. It is worth checking out. The music in the game is fantastic. Uh, the characters, it's a playful art style. A lot, car- you know, very cartoony, but it's it's just, something about the game feels fresh. Uh, it feels fun to play. So, um, I definitely would say at the, at the most, you know, if you're interested in this game, uh, you don't need to pick it up right away. I mean, right now, I believe the game is only $20 or so. Uh, that price is going to Pretty much drop over time because you know this, this stuff always happens with games. But it's a game you should definitely check out. There are a couple of videos online that you can get a better feel for what it is. Uh, there's a trailer out there as well, just to know whether or not it's something that you want to jump into. But if you like puzzle games, if you like mysteries or murder mysteries, in this case, you definitely should pick this up. Uh, it's it's definitely a fun game, very interesting experience. So look for my review on that game. Sometime later this week, but pretty much good games all around so far for me. Um, and that's all I've been playing for this week. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into the topics, though, because again, you know it's Easter Sunday. You know we don't want to uh, the show to run too long today. We definitely wanted to give you guys a good show, though. We do have quite a bit to talk about. So first topic we need to address: uh, yesterday at Star Wars Celebration. We finally saw the reveal trailer for Star Wars Battlefront 2. We learned a lot about, you know, the plan that there is a single-player campaign. We saw some of that in the trailer. We also saw the multiplayer and the fact that the multiplayer now has all errors of Star Wars involved as well. Uh, So we learned quite a bit of information about the game yesterday. So I wanted to just ask you guys your thoughts on what we have learned uh are you intrigued by what the final product can become or are you still skeptical as to how it may turn out because of you know other games the dice has done and how they approach the first battlefront so uh mr lugo how about you go first
0: uh, I think this is cool. I like the trailer. It's a good teaser it's, as far as like you know revealing the game or officially announcing the game. Uh, interesting that they're going to be going through all three eras of the Star Wars saga as far as the canonical parts of the saga: the Clone Wars, the Galactic Civil War, and obviously now the stuff with the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi with the Resistance and the First Order. That's pretty cool. If you didn't know, if you never played any of the previous Battlefront games or at least you know paid attention to them you know in depth, that's a very similar approach to what. they did in Star Wars Battlefront 2. What they did was that they had a story which was kind of meh. It it focused on a select group of uh, stormtroopers that originated in the Clone Wars and then they went through the entire time all the way into the Galactic Civil War following them and then you partook in different missions that were not really randomized but were kind of parallel to some of the big battles in the Star Wars universe. And I see like this being as a very similar approach to it. The one big difference, though, and they kind of talked about it a little bit, didn't really elaborate too much on it, was that you'll be able to play as certain heroes, or at least come into contact with a select group of heroes throughout the course of all three of those eras. So in the trailer, we saw Yoda getting ready to fight Darth Maul, which I'm pretty sure there's going to be different missions that kind of, you know, mix and match some of the different characters and some of the different events within that part of the actual history of the Star Wars saga. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same thing with any of the other different points in time. We got to see some, uh, what is it, some new heroes. We got to see Rey in there. We got to see Kylo Ren, which is very cool. I'm pretty sure, and they've made it very clear at the end of that trailer, that we're going to be able to get heroes from The Last Jedi. I would love to see an older version of Luke Skywalker. Maybe he's actually kind of very similar to how he is handled in the previous Battlefront, but he like he's older Luke. You know that could speak volumes to what's going on with the Last Jedi as a movie. Uh, maybe anything else. Maybe any of the Knights of Ren, possibly. You know, there's there's a lot of different avenues they could take this. That we don't know yet per se, but there's a lot of possibility there, and there's a lot of potential for stuff to work. What I'm curious to know is if they're going to go back to that very uh, was it that idea of being able to go from ground to space combat? Uh, seamlessly if they're going to at least maybe attempt to try something like that or if they're going to bring back space combat uh, very similarly to how we've seen them in the previous earlier Battlefront games. Not so much the one from EA but the games prior to that but we only got so much from this show. I think that the bigger part to take out of this is that it's going to have a single player mode which is focused on the the death squad or the death troopers which are like these black chromed out stormtroopers that we see. We even get to see the main character in there. I don't remember her name per se. I know they said it during the panel But it's going to be following her group throughout all those eras. So that sounds very interesting to me. Um, And also, again, just going through the different eras like that. So it's very cool, very interesting stuff to get excited about. But we need more info. And I want to see gameplay hopefully at E3 this year during EA's press conference. I want to see gameplay. I want to see how far this is in development. Or if we're going to get a beta, I want to get information about that.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh I, yeah, Gameplay, I think, will definitely be at E3. I know EA Play, they are going to allow people to play the game, but they haven't really elaborated on any other details yet as far as that's concerned. There will be more information coming on that. But yeah, looks great so far. Um, Max, what, what are your thoughts on uh, this game? I know you played a lot of Battlefront, the last game. You had quite a bit to say about that and how it was very similar to Battlefield 1 in certain areas. So what are your thoughts on what you've seen so far?
3: Um, I'm much happier with what I saw than I expected to be. Um, a lot of the same, or For a lot of the same reasons that JJ said, like the story actually really intrigues me, which I did not expect at all. But one of the coolest things that I've actually found out about this game is that there isn't going to be a season pass or anything like that. So that makes me think that EA is going to be focusing on really just keeping the community together and maybe coming out with some solid DLC that's actually worth, like, it would be worth the price except for the fact that there isn't going to be a season pass. That makes me... I'm curious to see what exactly they're going to do with this. You know, that makes me think it it may not be just the usual stuff we're used to getting when it comes to a season pass, but we'll have to see. And also there's split screen co-op, which is really, really cool because I'll have friends coming over and playing that game. And honestly, those two features alone have me much more intrigued than everything else I've heard, because everything else I've heard, like JJ said, we need more details on. We're still not completely sure on what we're going to get. And I'm not sure if DICE can deliver on the story. Like, Battlefield 1's stories were pretty cool. I'll give them that. But other than that, all of their games have been pretty big letdowns in terms of story. And while the story does sound cool, I want to see if they can follow through on that. Because I want to explore it all the time between Episode 6 and Episode 7. Like, it's a really, really great idea that they're setting it there and we can kind of figure out what happened there. And the fact that we're on the Empire side and at least what it seems like we're going to be doing it from the Empire's perspective. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm still skeptical. I'm not gonna be pre ordering or anything like that. And I would like to try a beta, like JJ was saying. Like I remember even in the beta alone in Battlefront in Battlefront One, you could tell the game was gonna be pretty shallow and that there wasn't gonna be much to it. As fun as it was and as much as it made you feel like you were in Star Wars, that was pretty much all it did. After that it it just got kinda of boring.
1: Well, uh, I I think, uh, well, yeah, you may definitely get a beta, hopefully so. Those are some very good points, though. I know when I played the beta, I I thought that, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do agree with what you said, that it did feel shallow. I will give DICE credit, though, and say that the game looked fantastic, though. I mean, this is what I would have anticipated for a Star Wars game. So now just give me more content, and I think I'll be happy with that.
0: That's what I said in my review. If you remember a while back when I reviewed the game, I said it's a very beautiful game. As far as like being one of the most photorealistic Star Wars games out there, it's really, it, it's top notch quality. But like everybody else, and I think we even mentioned this prior when uh, we were talking about some of the teaser stuff that we want to see uh, have a lot more. We want to see the game have a lot more substance to it. There needs to be more than just the multiplayer. Cause that was the one thing everybody complained about was that you could only play it for so long before it got very monotonous. And I'm very surprised also that Max mentioned the stuff about the, the season pass, cause that's a very un-EA thing to do. They very, they do a lot of stuff with their season passes. They offer a lot of DLC content and, and even uh, limited editions with their games that offer additional downloadable stuff. Maybe there was a big, uh, What is it, amount of feedback that they got that said like they really don't like that? Now keep this in mind, it's not just the EA crowd that's playing this game, it's a lot of star diehard Star Wars fans that are probably putting a lot of input into this. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. I would love to see some like, you know, numbers or some sort of look into that. But that's a very unea thing to do. That's true. Correct. We'll see.
1: We'll see about that. So, Gary, what are your thoughts?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing that kind of interests me in this game is like the story concept, because I feel like that's a, it's a good idea. Like Max said, to set it, you know, in between the episodes. Um, besides that, I'm really not that interested in the game, to be honest, uh, especially after how the last one turned out. I mean, the gameplay was fun for a little while, but um, like Max said, you know, it was very shallow. And uh, there wasn't much content, you know, with the last game. So for that reason, I'm not too interested in in this next Battlefront game. And I'm more interested in the the more story-based Star Wars games that we know are coming, like the Amy Hennig one. And I'm hoping that we'll hear more about that at E3. Uh, But yeah, I'm going to hold out for for something like that, because ultimately, um, Battlefront just doesn't really interest me at the moment.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I personally just think that we need more information. We need to see gameplay. But but I, I agree with what uh, J.J. and Max said. I definitely was surprised by what I've seen thus far. You know, I am a um, somewhat of a Star Wars fan. I don't know if I would say I'm a diehard Star Wars fan, but, you know, I'm into the series for the most part. Um, and, yeah, the story, the fact that they added the story this time, the fact that they take the time to put the story you know, it takes place, you know, with the with the whole thing of trying to make a canon within the same universe. I appreciate that because, you know, you have to make sure you do your research on the source material before deciding to add these different elements in there. And then the fact that you do have some other people that will be appearing in the game in some capacity, I, I think I have to give them credit for at least, you know, putting something in there and then trying to make it connect with the universe itself. So obviously, again, we still need to learn a lot more about the game. Uh, definitely hope to actually play it during EA Play. I'm pretty sure I'll see a lot of gameplay videos for it. But you know, hopefully, we can get our hands on the game. We can give more impressions on it um, around that time. But but now I would say I am intrigued by the game. Very glad it doesn't have a season pass like Max said. That's excellent. Um, but yeah, I'm intrigued and. Hopefully, it turns out good. So, we'll see. Um, I actually just found out something else as
3: well. Um, There's this Reddit post that has a lot of sources, but this part doesn't have a source. However, on the Star Wars page, it shows all three of these studios on it. It says that DICE only worked on the multiplayer. This studio, known as Motive, worked on the single-player campaign, and I looked them up up on the Wikipedia, and it says that a founded them to kind of create just single player experiences as well as work on some new ips they haven't really done anything yet I and mean, then criterion is actually working on space combat so that actually makes That's me much more excited yeah it is
0: it <laughs> makes me yeah, much more excited. Criterion.
2: criterion are amazing at that sort of thing so.
0: yeah yeah, I think that they're really listening then like, contrary to what how we felt a while back about the first Battlefront game that, that came out from them, I think this will be very inter- this is going to be very telling to to see it at E3 to see what everybody's impressions is, if it is playable uh, during EA play, which I, I would pretty be, be banking, pretty sure it would be, but like Gary, I think I'm more interested, besides this I'm more interested in the Amy Hannon game, because we haven't heard anything about that, and remember, even before we started recording this, uh, I said that did anybody hear anything about that, because there was rumblings about that, maybe even being talked about during Star Wars Celebration so if it's not talked about there most definitely it'll probably be talked about at E3 you know alongside of this because remember this is a big year for Star Wars we got episode 8 coming out at the end of this year so I think this would be a good time to start hearing more about that and if not you know we still got Battlefront which is still a big deal
1: Do we get a confirmation that the Amy Henning game is a Han Solo game, or is it just there's
0: no... No, no. what we do know is that it has something to do with Bounty Hunters. And for the longest time, there was a couple rumors that was either it was a Han Solo-related game, which would kind of make sense with the Han Solo movie coming out next year, but also, a lot of people also said maybe it was a Bubba Fett-related game, spinning off from 1313, which was supposed to be a Bubba Fett game. But there's been a lot of stuff that either has been unconfirmed or a lot of rumors being passed around. We just don't know what that game really is. And they've been very hush-hush about it. Remember, it's Visceral working on it. Uh, it's Amy Henning that's writing the story for it. So... Uh, More than likely, whatever it's going to be sounds like it's going to be very special, but we just haven't heard anything since the the longest time, ever since we first got news that Amy Henning was still working on it. So what I'm hoping for next, not next month, but uh, in June, when we go to E3 and we go, we see EA's conference, we at least get a confirmation of what that game is, even if we don't see it. Like if we just get an announcement trailer or if Amy Henning comes on stage and says like what she's doing. Where somebody else comes out on stage and says what they're doing, I'll be totally fine with that because whatever that is, it's germinating because we got plenty of Star Wars happening right now. Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, I, I think I think you'll definitely hear you'll definitely see something from it at E three is possible, uh, but yeah, I mean, this this is a good time if you're a Star Wars fan. I mean, this is you have everything that you could want now. You got a movie coming out later this year. Which had an awesome trailer by the way And then you also have this game So it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan I would say Um, But uh, Do you guys have anything else That you want to talk about uh, On this topic before we move on to the next
0: Nah I'm good
2: Bring back KOTOR
0: yeah, you know uh, yeah. something—that's something I, I miss. And, and you know that it was funny because there was some rumblings over the last few months that were talking about Knights of the Old Republic, or or at least the Old Republic in some capacity. And this, Joe's, just never came into fruition. I think just people just want that series to come back somehow. Even if I, interesting enough, which how would you feel about Bioware not working on that game or not working on that series? Would it have to be Bioware because they got their hands full now? With Mass Effect, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be working on something else, probably big that, that's more
2: involved with Well, Rich, you actually told us that Bioware is working on something, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, here's the thing: um, Bioware is working on a new IP. You know, when they had that that EA conference a couple of years ago, where it was nothing but concept stuff. Uh, they there was a game that uh, at the time um, I forget the guy's name, the guy who was on Mass Effect beforehand that Casey left Hudson. the company. there he is him he he did mention you know that they were working on something else but obviously no one knows what that is so we have to figure out what that is but i I did want to make a quick comment because again all of this i don't really know there's no way to really confirm anything until it is confirmed itself but i did hear that bioware austin is doing something with that serious uh, they have been working on something for a while, so there very well could be an announcement at E3 related to Knights of the Old Republic, um because they were initially working. What I had heard was they was initially working on like a remaster, but then the project got so involved, they decided to make this a full-on remake. So again, until there are sources, don't I cannot confirm any of this stuff. but I'm just saying. I believe they are working on something because I've heard this a couple places that they're working on something related to that. So,
0: If they were yeah. smart, they they released that on, on backwards compatibility, like Xbox One or something. I think that if they were smart, they would do that because clearly people want it. Clearly people want that series or at least have a vested interest in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I agree 100% with that. Um, but, you know,
1: we'll, we should have more information within the next few months if ea decides to actually talk about this stuff at the conference um i think they will uh, i'm not expecting if they are working on something i know where they're coming out this year they, their focus will be all obviously on battlefront 2 nba live which will probably be one of the worst basketball games uh, this year uh and of course madden and all the other sports games fifa etc but next next year is a different story we'll have to see but I, my guess is they're definitely going to talk about some of this stuff. I know at the, at the most, the Amy Henning game, they're going to have to say something about that, um, I think. Um, but this other stuff, to be determined. Uh, but hey, we'll see. We'll see. So, uh, any other thoughts before we move on to the next topic? I'm
2: good.
1: Okay, uh, the next topic uh, this is one that uh, when Gary heard this news, he literally had to take a moment to, uh you know, he had to, he needed some privacy after this because this is very sad news for Gary uh, and everyone here as well. The NES Mini is officially now going to be discontinued. Um, I don't I don't really know, you know, I know that this was a big hot item over the holiday season. It was very hard to find it at certain times of, of you know, throughout that period. Um, But I don't really know what the story is in terms of why it's being discontinued, whether or not this is something that they want people to focus on to switch now. So I'm not sure if, Mr. Lugo, you have something to say about this topic. I
0: got some thoughts on it. I mean, there's a couple different things. Number one, we don't know because Nintendo's not saying anything. But here's the inferred stuff from things that I've read and people that I've, you know, listened to on various social media and videos and podcasts and stuff. Uh, Number one, uh, a lot of people seem to be under the general consensus that Nintendo doesn't want our money, which I, I think is a funny sentiment because this is a classic, like, traditional, same stuff, different day type of Nintendo move where there's a lot of artificial demand that they, they clearly don't make enough of a particular product, and they make people want to salivate for it come the holiday season and stuff, or at least over the times, throughout different times of the year. Uh, the thing is, you got to keep in mind, they just had the Nintendo Switch coming out, okay? And you best believe that more than likely there's going to be a number of those games that are probably on that uh, little console or that little system that'll be on the Switch's eShop or be on the virtual console. That's one thing. Okay. Number two, a lot of people are saying that more than likely at some point they might be doing an SNES Mini at some point. That's been talked about. has been thrown around a few times which makes sense you know the nes mini was pretty successful a lot of people still want it and still want to buy it i don't know why they won't make more so people could buy it so they could get more money from people that are clearly there's an audience there that want this thing but either nintendo sees something or they're planning something that we just don't know about which is almost always the case for better or worse Nintendo's a funny company where They'll do the most outlandish moves And somehow it'll be successful for them In some form or fashion And it makes absolutely no sense You can't look at it in the same way as you would As some of the other companies But that's just the nature of the beast with them But it it doesn't really Kind of excuse how much where People clearly want to buy this thing And you have to have some Tone deaf people over there Whether it's Nintendo of America or Nintendo of Japan That don't see that I don't, they're not stupid individuals that are working over there. Contrary to what a lot of people might believe, there's clearly a lot of people that know exactly what they've been doing. The, the company's been around for many, many years. But I think that this has something to do with maybe the Nintendo Switch. It has something to do with the virtual console and the eShop. Or, and or it has something to do with another unit coming out. Because Nintendo's the type of company will that will make an NES Mini 2. It, not even an SNES, like a second model of the NES Mini, and then make it have like more storage with a different selection of games. I could totally see them doing something like that. Yeah, this this, this is possible. Um, I'm not really sure
1: why this is being discontinued either. Uh, I know that uh, I actually am interested in, in getting a Nintendo Switch if I can actually find the Switch. Um, but I don't know. Um Maybe there'll be more details. Hey, if if there's a a SNES Classic in the works, I may consider that, but honestly, I just want the Switch so I can see what all the hype is about with this system.
0: You want to know what I'm going to tell you what's probably going to happen that'll be somewhat or pseudo-related to this? We go into E3 in June, and during the Nintendo Direct, we get an announcement that a bunch of big games are coming to the Virtual Console or a bunch of big games are coming to the eShop that are somewhat related to this. Uh, a lot of people have thrown a lot some different uh, names around as far as like franchises that they will probably see or foresee uh, making their way to the eShop or even making their way to Nintendo's online service because remember that's still a thing that online service for the Nintendo Switch that if you pay you're supposed to get one free game per for that particular month so that could also be a thing that maybe people should explore should start asking questions about we don't know but I feel like uh, not next month but the month of E3 in June I feel like we're going to get more details about stuff that is a very, very good point.
1: Yes. I forgot about that online service. Um, yeah. I know. That, that's a very good idea. That that may be exactly what happens. We'll have to see about that. Uh, Max, you have any thoughts? I, I know you was planning on getting the Classic as well, but uh, that may not be possible now. Uh, I don't
3: have much to add aside from what's already been said because it's... It is weird that they're doing this, and it is kind of like Nintendo to do it, though, at the same time. Even though it was doing really, really well, and people really, really wanted it, and it's kind of a shame because they're going to have to go on eBay and pay probably a $1,000 for it if they haven't gotten it already. I know it's still being shipped out to retailers through April, so they still have a little bit of a chance to get it, but after that, it's just it's done. There's nothing you could do. I'd be interested in maybe an SNES Classic, though, later on down the line if they do do something like that.
1: Uh, I just want to make like a comment. Coming. Yeah, I think that is coming. Yeah. I I, I just want to make a comment. Um, the person that spends $1,000 for that NES Classic I would love to have a conversation with them to ask them
0: why they made that decision because. But but here's the thing, Rich. You got to understand this is a lot of that is straight up Nintendo's fault because they clearly have not made the supply to fit that demand. And people, because they really want those systems so bad or because they really want to buy it for somebody else, they'll pay those ridiculous prices off with eBay or online in various different places just to get it. Because they they know they still want it, and they know that again that that's something that's very coveted right now. And I'm not talking about the scalpers because the scalpers are scumbags. They they clearly prey on a lot of the demand, a lot of the people that want to buy these things. And just Nintendo's just straight up ignoring them. That it's it's funny. It, it's tr- almost true to what a lot of people say. Nintendo doesn't want your money. There's there's so many people that would pay for these things, but Nintendo's just straight up ignoring them with this type of move. This is why well, I'm saying like unless unless they're making another model of the NES Mini. Or, or coming out with a SNES uh, uh, mini, or making a lot of those games on the e, on the virtual console and stuff. This is a very tone deaf move if it's not any of those things.
1: Well well, 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 As you've already said, uh,
0: there definitely has to be a
1: reason behind it. So hopefully, we will know more about that soon because I don't think they there has to be a reason why they're, they're doing all of this. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, Gary, you have any thoughts?
2: Yeah, so... Uh, here's what I think. I think that um, the plan for the NES Mini came around before they knew what they wanted to do with the uh, the Nintendo Switch online service thing. So, uh, because they knew that the, the Nintendo Switch wasn't going to come out last fall, I think, you know, they uh, decided to put this console out to generate some sales throughout the fall of last year because they knew it would be popular and stuff like that. But then priority started shifting towards the switch and of course they had to come up with a way to deliver like a valuable service for the switch so then you know they decided that they were going to offer classic games on the you know nintendo switch via their online service so once that plan came into fruition i guess maybe they decided they didn't need to continue with the the nez mini anymore and now they're gonna you know try and work on developing their online service to offer those classic games that you're going to get to play and stuff and also they're probably going to sell a lot of them on on the online service also so you know i mean it's it's if you look at it it's basically do we want these you know short-term 60 dollars sales or do we want a long-term service sale where we're always getting money every month guaranteed kind of thing and I, I guess the, the online service side of it is more important to them than, you know, than there's Mini sales. So I think, I think that's what they decided to go with.
1: Hey, this, good points across the board. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I just, uh, again, this is a missed opportunity. They know that this is a, a relatively hot item. You know, it's been hard to find. Because I know I had a couple friends that were looking for this and they had been asking me, w- w- where can I get this at? And I would have to tell them, you know, you just have to keep monitoring the stores to see when it's going to come back in stock. Um, so I don't know. Uh, but I think, uh, yes, as you guys already said, I believe as we get closer to E3, once we get to E3, once they actually talk more about different things whether it's the online capabilities for Switch and the the, the whole thing about offering other games, we're going to eventually put two and two together and figure out, okay, maybe this is why they discontinued it. Um, I mean, we'll have to see about that. But, hey, listen, I'm interested in getting, you know, the SNES Classic if they do decide to have one. Um, Now, I'm not going to spend a ridiculous amount of money for it, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It's to be determined. So, um... Any other thoughts on this topic before we move on to
2: the next one? Did you guys see that funny tweet from um, Kaz Harai that said uh, they, they cancelled the Nez Mini because Reggie figured out he could make a killing on eBay? So <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, know, you know, funny you mentioned that. I don't know if you saw the editorial or, or the stuff that was posted up by Jim Sterling. Jim Sterling actually brought up a lot of good points and uh, it was humorous the way, you know, he kind of talks about it because, again, he, he echoes the sentiments and stuff that I said and a lot of other people feel right now where it's a very, very weird and confusing move that only really Nintendo understands that. And that's that I feel like has become a problem for a very long time where people people feel very disconnected from Nintendo. That that's been a, a common thing for like the longest. But like now it's gotten to the point where it's like this was like such a layup for you. Like it, it was clear as day. And I think Gary might be right where a lot of this stuff got figured out way before the switch had hit and way before any of this stuff was going down. And I think maybe now at this point they're still kind of going along with whatever their original plans are rather than maybe adjusting but who knows I feel like when we go to E3 maybe there's more info and there's other stuff that pops up that maybe it'll give us a little bit more clarity to this I still think that it's gonna be either another model of that thing or it's gonna be another little uh, MIDI console or all that stuff is gonna go on the virtual console that's the only reason realistically why I feel like a company would do that because they're gonna channel a lot of that or wherever that demand is into something else maybe more towards the Switch which is their their go-to console right now yeah
2: it's their bread and butter now so that's primarily what they care about at this moment.
0: And, and I really believe it's related to the online service because that, that seems to be a thing that everybody has almost forgotten right now. Or at least a lot of places I'm seeing. Because Nintendo hasn't really talked about it for the longest. I don't think, you know, they really figured it out when they, when they talked about it during that Switch event a while back. But maybe that's going to be another little point for Nintendo to tell everybody at E3 during their Nintendo Direct to be like, hey, this is why you should get the online service. Because we have all these games that are going to be given to you once a month. Every single month, every time that you have the service,
1: yeah. Uh, well, I know at least I know at least one person that hasn't forgotten about that online service, that that is Max because he did tell me off air that uh, he will be picking this up. And the reason why he's going to pick a switch up is because of the online service. Not so much the games, because outside of Zelda, what other games are there at the current moment that uh, you know he'll be interested in playing? He said none, so. Yeah, Max, so get ready to get yourself a Switch whenever yeah. it comes back in stock. <laughs> hey, Mario looks interesting.
0: I'll give it that. But yeah. no, no, no. I want ARMS. I want to try out ARMS. The oh, best game ARMS. That I've ever
3: seen the
0: oh, I played, I played <laughs> ARMS at, at PAX East. I, I don't remember even if I told you when I was there, uh, uh, Max, but I played that for a bit and I had problems with the Joy-Con controllers oh really Uh, ironically ironically enough what in the the one thing that everybody was complaining about that kept popping up and stuff was exactly that happened to me during a demo and funny enough the guy at the 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 kiosk that was actually you know the assistant there at the booth was trying to come up with like every excuse in the book of why the left joy con wasn't working oh there's like about like 20 switches here so that's probably why i was like yeah sure son sure (laughs) And I, so I had a pretty bad experience playing ARMS, even though I think the game's concept is interesting. I'm hoping that the next time I play that, it's in a better light because I see I see a lot of different stuff. And remember, they just had a Nintendo Direct not too long ago that talked about ARMS, and they talked about a bunch of other games that are going to be coming to the Switch and the 3DS we have to mention where uh, there's a bunch of stuff happening. I mean, we're getting the new Pikmin game. We're getting a whole bunch of other stuff with Kirby. Uh, there's, there's other games coming to the Switch down the line but I still maintain the point where I feel like right now is not the best time to get a Switch, unless you're a diehard Zelda or you're a die Nintendo and even then I feel like there's an argument that could be made about, you know, against that
1: Hey uh, I I agree 100% and, and let me just uh, make a quick comment uh, made by uh, uh, Wesley in the chat uh, I agree with this 100% he says that there needs to be a new Metroid game announced at E3
0: We've been uh, saying that for the longest time, it, and look, if Reggie's wearing the pins. It, Reggie's going to the game awards with the pins so that he knows. They all know yes. that needs to that that needs to happen. That must happen.
1: That, you know, if the Nintendo has a direct or whatever they're going to have, if that game is not mentioned, then uh, I I, I will be out. Then I I'll, I'll be like, well, I don't need to see a need to get a switch at the moment. Um, you know, I will. I, I do want to play Zelda. A lot of people have said great things about the game. I definitely want to play Mario more than Zelda, based on what I've seen of Mario, but Metroid, I think, would get me to get, that would definitely get me to get a Switch, depending on if it actually is the same team that worked on the other game, so on and so forth, but we'll see about that, but uh, I
0: don't know, any other thoughts on Nintendo before we move on? I'll just mention, like I said, that there was the Nintendo Direct that happened for both Splatoon 2 as well as ARMS that mentioned all the news that I that I touched on really briefly. Again, a new Pikmin game for 3DS that's coming out in July, I believe it is. We got a, a whole bunch of other games or a little smaller games that are coming both to the eShop as well as also coming to the 3DS that were littered out, you know, through you know, various different points throughout that Nintendo Direct, but it was mostly focused on ARMS. They, they kind of gave an overview of some of the characters. They revealed a few new characters. And then Splatoon 2, they're very vague on Splatoon 2. I think like, we're going to get a blowout of stuff when that game finally ends up, you know, as we get closer to that release. And also when the online service finally is, is that game, that really kind of like pushes it out there. That's going to be the game where a lot of people are going to jump on that service for. But uh, other than that, uh, I, I will say this. It... The, after having spent time playing Switch you know, from various different people at some of the different places I've gone to recently, it, a lot of people feel very good despite all the issues and the problems that have been popping up. So unless, like, I still maintain that unless you are a diehard Nintendo right now or you're a diehard Zelda or that you're really you've been immersed in that ecosystem for the longest and you just don't like the other two ecosystems, there's no other reason to get a Switch right now at the moment. I still feel like it's a wait and see approach come towards the end of this year when there's going to be a lot more games especially after E3 when you know or at least you get a hint of hopefully what other games are going to be coming to the Switch after 2017 into 2018 maybe 2019 you know games that we could talk about maybe uh the announcement of a Metroid like you said or maybe the announcement of another Nintendo IP that we haven't seen in a while or something other legacy IP that we're looking forward to or at least that we're hoping is on the system at one point but those are just some random thoughts
1: Yeah, Luigi. Luigi's Mansion is getting another another sequel. That's uh, that's a game you'll hear about.
0: (laughs) Oh, and for the record, by the way, we should give a funny nod and an evil stank eye towards Sega for kind of punking everybody not too long ago because everybody thought that Bayonetta 2 was going to be coming to the Switch. Remember that teaser that was happening Uh, a while back? There was a bunch of there was a countdown thing. It ended up being Bayonetta on PC. I was like, man. Well, hey, it it, it it could still come to switch, right?
1: At some point,
0: uh, I would hope so. At least Bayonetta two, since Nintendo paid for the game. I mean, I, I don't see why not. Yeah,
1: yeah, they, they need they need to have some games. Go, go ahead, Gary.
2: No, I, I have to say that I'm um, happy that Bayonetta is coming to the PC because I wanted to play that game. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'll bet they're just gauging interest too. I bet you if it does well on the PC, they'll probably bring the second one over. Maybe just, just PC or to other things as well, including the Switch.
0: And then maybe a third game. Cause yeah, I know it didn't sell well on the Wii U. Yeah, it, it didn't exactly, sell the Wii exactly. U because not a lot of people own the Wii U, but a lot of yeah. people wanted to play that game. So that, it's understandable why Sega would move that game over of the PC, or at least, you know, why the developers would want that game to be on PC. But a lot of people were hoping for a third game because mm-hmm. at least there was a lot of generated interest despite the small sales of that game on the Wii U. And, and it would have been, at least for me, I think it would have been smart business to put that, or, or at least put the first game and the second game on the Nintendo Switch. And then gauge interest like that to see if people would dive into a third game afterwards. But... What do I know? Hey, maybe
2: they. <laughs> I maybe agree. They're working on it. Maybe they're working on it. You never know. I'm, I'm no, sure. They, yeah, I'm sure there's be urgent of playing now.
1: They they, they 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 could be working on it, but but honestly, this this is a game that could have been done if there was a port. That this port could have been ready uh, for a round launch, if not shortly thereafter. So that'd be a I cool
0: E3 announcement. That'll be a very very cool E3 announcement from them. Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, so that's it for Switch, correct, uh, Max and and Gary? Or Gary, you you have another thing to say about Nintendo?
2: No, nothing else from me.
1: Okay, there you go. Nothing else from you. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next topic. Um, So earlier this week, uh, Microsoft announced that uh, they're going to be implementing a refund program on xbox and windows 10 uh, related purchases um and i think that after this announcement was made that now a lot of people are saying well when is sony going to do this so um how about you guys let me know your thoughts on this uh, gary you can go first
2: uh the refund thing
1: yes refunds yeah we, 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 we need our refunds
2: <laughs> yeah definitely no, um, I'm, yeah anyone who bought Recall should probably take advantage But yeah um, I, I think this is great and I think You know more digital service Services need to um, You know have this You know implemented because um, Like it's Easy to take advantage of digital Customers you know take their money And then like you can't you can't get a refund Or anything like that and obviously You can't trade you know i mean there there are ways that can be handled where you can trade digital rights but like it's not widespread uh when it comes to gaming or anything so stuff like this is good and it, it it's progressive to the future you know and development of um this you know online trading infrastructure so yeah that's good then and that's definitely um like you said rich this didn't get enough light this didn't get enough limelight that you know that microsoft are actually implementing this and this is something that you know is positive that we need to recognize because it's you know it helps a lot of um people who do buy games and stuff and we need good practices like this to protect us um obviously there's probably going to be people who take advantage of this because you know you do get to play games for um up to two hours and you know before you can uh, request a refund. So if you play over two hours, you can't you know get that refund anymore. But you can play a game for up to two hours and then claim a refund. Um, so there might be some short games that can be beaten within that time. Who knows? I don't know. But um, yeah, I think that is but, good that they're introducing it.
1: Uh, let's give a shout out to Wesley once again. He said No Man's Sky. Yeah, that's a game that that yeah. we we need to get a refund for that for that for that game
2: well (laughs) they 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 did actually have a a refund thing set up for that game in particular but that was just for that game and um they kind of needed to because you know they did mislead people so (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah, hey it is what it is um i'll just say a quick a couple quick thoughts and then i'll let max go uh yeah, I think a refund system is good. I think they saw that Steam started implementing this stuff, and then they, you know, they decided, well, we need to also do this as well. Um, I definitely think Sony will do it because, just like I said before, when Microsoft announced that uh, Xbox Game Pass, I said, you know, PlayStation doesn't need to worry about this. You know, they don't need to do anything, and then they turn around and then they say, okay, PlayStation now, now you'll be able to access PlayStation Four games. So um, I think they're definitely going to respond to this as well because why not? They need to only focus on their games, but they also like well, if the competition is doing it, doing it, we need to do it as well. So they will do a refund system. Um, I don't know; if people are going to take advantage of it. I mean, the majority of the games that I've seen Sony release so far this year, they're all high-quality games. I don't think anybody would want to get a refund on a Horizon or a, uh, you know, near, Um, But it's very interesting, to say the least. Uh, I, I'm very curious to see how Microsoft does this when they start implementing it, as well as Sony, um, because certain things they have to take into consideration. But I think it's good to give people an option. I just don't want people to abuse this option, because I'm pretty sure there are some people who will go out there and abuse a system like this um, if, it's, if it is not done the right way. So we'll see how they approach it but uh max you have any thoughts
3: oh uh, yeah i was gonna add on to the abusing part because uh remember with firewatch that happened everyone kept trying to re- refund it because they beat it in less than two hours and they weren't saying it was worth the price which is really annoying in my opinion because i think that they still enjoyed it from what i heard but they just thought it wasn't worth like the 20 dollars or whatever it was at launch which is i don't know you still paid it and you enjoyed the experience don't try and get your money back on that. Like, maybe it was a bit too much for you, but you don't need like your $20 back. I don't know. I find that to be a really, really bad and toxic mindset. Um And I know Microsoft said they're going to jump on people who do try to abuse the refund system, but I don't know if that will actually happen or not. We'll have to see. Um I thought it was kind of funny because it's like the exact same requirements as the Steam refund system too. It's like they didn't even try to like change it up at least a little bit it's just kind of funny but it works those requirements are good i think either um you have 2 hours or 2 weeks to refund it but one weird thing i thought that they do is that you can't refund the game before you launch it like you have to launch it before refunding it so like if you accidentally buy a game or something you'll have to download the whole damn thing and then refund it which is weird but um it's not that big of a deal it's just like why um, but other than that, yeah, it's good that they have that. And I think that Sony is going to follow up and they should, like, especially since we're now in the digital age and everyone is going digital over physical that we need that option there because we've always been able to refund physical games, even if we had limitations with that as well.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I, 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 definitely, I definitely agree with everything you said. Uh, just again, like you said, to emphasize though, the people abusing stuff. Let, let's hope that. I mean, I already—I I know there will be some that will abuse it, no matter what. But uh, ho- hopefully, Microsoft and Sony, whenever they announce that they also are going to do this, will we'll have the foresight to think about this and handle it in a certain way in which it is also fair. So, if somebody is abused, I mean to say, if somebody does have a punishment coming, then they—they they are fully expecting that punishment, and it's not going to be a surprise. But um, again, it all depends how it's implemented i don't know when they're going to announce this i i now let me just say this right now i hope that when microsoft has their conference at e3 this i don't think this needs to be announced there um they have other things they need to be talking about at that conference and particularly the games that's and we are going to get into that later because we're going to have to we're going to have to we have a lot to say about that later on but um I just this is something where it is important but I don't think it is so important that it, if you mention it at e3 that's fine it should be a very very brief very brief don't spend any time on that because focus should be on games but we'll see and and as for Sony I do know I do believe that Sony will respond to this and because Sony does have times in their conference, where they have to have a down period after they re raise everyone's uh excitement level with all the other games they announced. This kick will could get announced at their conference for sure. Um, just as a as an option for people, you know, for them to relax a little bit. You don't want people having heart attacks when you announce them game after game after game. No, we don't need that again. But uh yeah, it is gonna happen at some point. Um but yeah, Gary, you had anything else you wanted to add?
2: No, nah, nothing at the moment.
1: Well, I, I have a quick question for you, Gary. Actually, have you ever gotten a refund on Steam? Have Have you or Max ever actually uh, used that 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 uh, service to get a refund on the game?
2: Um, I didn't. No, I didn't actually get a refund. I haven't refunded anything. Like, I'm really careful about the stuff I buy anyway. Like, I you know buy stuff if I know I'm gonna want it. But um. But what I can say is that When I bought um, Arkham Knight I actually Because um, you, you remember what happened with the PC version Of that like.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah I remember
2: show. that uh, yeah. yeah and to basically Warner Brothers to make up for that They gave me like the entire Arkham Collection of games Now I, I already owned some of those But like they gave me um, I think it was Arkham Origins And um, I didn't have I think I didn't have Um arkham city maybe on pc i had it on like ps3 or whatever so like those two games i got that you know added to my library free of charge so that was pretty cool that they did that and stuff but yeah i haven't really like had to refund anything because i'm careful about what i buy anyway and i only like i'm like we, i mean we run a site so we're gonna make sure we're educated about you know games that we buy beforehand anyway so
1: yeah absolutely uh, let me just add that i'm glad that they did give you a refund because in my opinion that pc port was so horrible you know warner brothers should be thrown into arkham asylum <laughs> because how they what the hell was they thinking releasing a, a port like that in the state it was in the pc it's just it's it, that that just completely diminishes all value so when shadow of war comes out If you want to get the game, you might as well get it on console. Don't even bother trying to get the PC version because, you know, it may have issues with that also.
2: Yeah, it's very hit or miss with Warner Brothers and PC uh, because I know they've they've had some botches with Mortal Kombat as well. Yep. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, I might have to get that on the PS4. We'll
1: see. Uh, Max, you had something you was going to add. Oh yeah, I just remember,
3: um, actually with Final Fantasy Fifteen, I had to do a quick refund because I accidentally shipped it to my old address because it was the first game I bought from Microsoft since I moved. And um, this was obviously before the refund system. And I contacted them and they were really cool about refunding it like right away. It probably took me 10 minutes and then um, I was able to get my uh, or get it shipped out to my uh, current address because they had to actually cancel the order for some reason instead of just changing the address, which is weird. But um so that was nice to see that um, even without this policy, like Microsoft were at least on top of refunding things. And now that they are just adding this policy, and like there should be even less issue with people, and they could just do it automatically and probably instantly because mine still took like a day or two to get the money back, which is fine, but. Um, I would imagine it'd be almost instantly since it's digital this time around, or at least it would go back into like Microsoft credit or something.
1: Yep. That's, that's a very good point. Microsoft credit. Yeah. Although I, you know, I I hope that uh, it is an option for you actually get your money back because some people may not want that credit, you know, because they'll look at, well, wait, hold on. What games am I going to buy on Microsoft? Well, they don't have any any games that are coming out until next year. Well, no, give me my money back now instead. So, man, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. But I'm very curious to see how they implement this system, um, and I'm also curious to see how Sony responds to it because I know Sony is going to respond to it now because they are not really focused on just make good games. That's it. They, they're trying to still do this other stuff to stay competitive. So, we'll see what happens. But uh, any final thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next one? No. Okay, Gary, uh, I'm going to let you discuss this next topic because I think you know a little bit more about this topic. Uh, I can confirm, and I'm pretty sure Max can confirm, that what what this guy said is absolutely correct. Um, but yes, the topic that we are discussing is uh, Peter Monaloo had an interview recently and in that interview he mentioned that the connect was a train wreck and that the final product was nowhere near as exciting as the reveal. So I do agree with that and I, I will describe why, but Gary, please elaborate more on this topic first
2: Yeah, now I found this um, news topic very interesting because um, obviously Peter Molyneux was like he was very vocal about um the the connect when they first announced it and you know working with it and everything and what the technology can do and stuff like that you know back when he was actually with uh, Lionhead and microsoft um so now he's kind of come out and he's being a bit more open about it because he can and you know he's saying that the actual launch of the connect he's talking specifically about the original one here but i'm sure he also kind of means you know the second one as well because you know because of the first one but he he said it's you know it was a disaster and the train wreck and that it you know basically it didn't reach its full potential of what it was supposed to do kind of thing and um yeah he was saying it just it didn't live up to everything they promised pretty much so you guys have a lot of experience with it you know i did have an xbox 360 but i never got the connect uh, but I know you guys have some experience with Connect, so I want to ask you guys: um, Do you agree with that statement?
3: I don't think it was like awful or a train wreck. But it was definitely nothing like it was promised to be. There was a—it was never one to one, which was kind of annoying because I think everyone expected it to be that, and they didn't really say or if it was or wasn't one to one. I think I remember when they first demoed it; it actually was, but then it ended up getting downgraded before it actually came out. But um, it was fun for probably like three days. Uh, that Dance Central game that Harmonix came out with, uh, the guys who did Rock Band, that was actually a really solid hit. And that was fun for a bit. But other than that, like Connected Ventures and all those other games they came out with, they were just really, really bad. And like Wii Sports, Wii Sports really worked because it showed off what the Wii Remote could do. And it was also just fun to play. Whereas Kinect Adventures, I guess it showed off what the Kinect could do, but they weren't very fun to play even if they kind of worked. Like, there was a jet skiing game where you'd go like this and you'd have to, like, rev it up, and that just got kind of annoying after a while because all you're doing is this like, back and forth. There's no... It gets boring. That's not really gameplay, you know? You're just kind of doing that, and your arms get tired after a bit. That's the thing. You, like, have to go like this so that it sees it and that it can tell what you're doing, which is kind of annoying. Um... Other than that, that was really my only experience with it. We just kind of left it in the closet like the entire rest of the lifespan of 360. It never really got used again.
2: Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I have a question that relates to that, but um, I'll let Rich talk first.
1: Yeah, well, I I just was going to add that, yeah, um, I I have to agree that it it definitely was not uh, utilized in the right way. There are some games that, you know, I, I thought it was great. Now, I'll take for example rise son of Rome and using connect to that game that actually worked pretty well when it when it did when it when it, when, it, when it when it actually worked. but this is a game that again a lot of people didn't bother playing they didn't bother supporting um, because of the way that the Xbox one launched. So I feel like when Microsoft decided to have that connect it, it, it definitely hurt them in, 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 a, in a multitude of ways. And particularly when they launched the Xbox One and the system was more expensive than the PlayStation 4 because of the Kinect. So I I, I have to say it is a train wreck in, in, in those regards, not just because of the fact that um, they didn't really have the games make full use of the technology the way it should have, but also because of how it you know made the system even more expensive. And then you have the bad messaging of the system Already with the fact that it is also more expensive than its competitor, these are the reasons why a lot of people did not pick up the Xbox One. Um and did not support it in the very beginning. And that is a trickle-down effect because now you also have a situation of all of the games that were released and did not quite sell to the expectations that, that they should have. Well, because people didn't support the system. So I have to say, yeah, the Connect definitely needs we need to take a little bit of blame for all of that because it's, you know, until they had ideas about how they wanted to use it, but never once did they utilize those ideas to their full potential. So I actually still have my connect to this day. Um, it's great when you want to watch TV, you want to hey, go to this app, hey, go to that app. But there was never any game support for it beyond some of the titles that I mentioned, like Rise. Uh, and to me, that right there is that's that's unfortunate, but it is what it is uh microsoft hopefully they have learned from their mistakes you know i know when uh scorpio launches i didn't hear anything about any connects whatsoever uh which is good but uh yeah the moral of the story is that if you create a product uh and you have an idea of how you want to use it you best make sure you utilize that idea and show people why they need to actually jump on this technology because I feel as though Microsoft really dropped the ball on that. A lot of people dropped the ball on on, on stuff as well. But we'll talk about Microsoft in particular with this particular subject. So, yeah, that's just my personal thoughts. It's like the Scorpio. got to prove us why. We should yes. Yes, a- absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. And they have their work cut out for them at E3 to, to prove just that. Yeah. <laughs>
3: You guys remember when they were like, the Kinect is essential for the Xbox One experience?
2: When
1: <laughs> yeah. they just dropped it? I think Don Matrix, uh came, came up with that line and said, it is essential.
2: Uh, um, yeah. that, that, that definitely hurt them as well because then they took it out of the Xbox. So that kind of yeah. proved they were, they were lying at that point.
3: And um like Rich said though, the voice commands were brilliant. Like that that was an awesome addition to the Xbox One. Like they still work well even with your mic now, if you have that plugged in, but obviously voice commands are not worth an extra hundred dollars. <laughs> so
2: Yeah. So the That's question right. I was gonna ask if uh unless you guys got more to say.
1: Oh no, go ahead. I I, I gotta hear yeah. this question. Yeah, go ahead. Yes.
2: So I was gonna ask you guys like do you feel like the type of experiences you could get with the connect are extremely limited because of you know the lack of control like you know max was talking about the the motorcycle revving and stuff like that like that's really the all you can do with you know connect um so do you feel like the types of games you can get that support the connect are extremely limited and that's why you know it was never fully utilized And then also, you know, second part of that question, does this also relate to VR games?
3: Yeah, that's the thing. Um, Dance Central worked really well, I guess, so, like, you could have stuff like that, like dancing, and I think that you could have done things like Fighter Within, one of those launch titles for Xbox One, that was really, really bad. Um, I think that was bad just because the game wasn't designed well. I think that you still could have got some cool stuff out of it if, like, you, if it was worked well, and you could just kind of fight however you wanted to, you know, like how you would imagine using the connect would be, as well as games like Zelda, if you could have the sword and shield and you could run around like that and just block and hit with and stuff, that'd be pretty cool for a little bit. But that's the thing, uh, VR like Oculus Touch and the HTC Vive that kind of gets rid of that whole need. You don't need to do you you can actually have something in your hands which feels great and that's what we're used to with gaming you know having something in your hands feels much better than just doing this or like holding up a shield like how would you hold up a shield you know you just like hold it like this like the sword would work i guess but it'd just be kind of weird after a bit like i know skyward sword with the wii motion plus that you could kind of just go wherever with it which is really cool And that's the sort of thing that I think resonates with us better than just having nothing there and trying to pretend something is there. Like having the prop is great. Like there's a reason they give actors props. You know what
1: I mean? Uh, Gary, uh, you're going to have to repeat that question uh, because um, I didn't didn't hear clearly when you asked the question. Uh, Yeah, so repeat that question one more time
2: yeah basically i'm asking like um do you feel like the type of experiences you can get with games that support the connect are limited due to the fact you know that there's kind of a lack of control because you're basically just you know using your your arms your body pretty much like so does that limit the experiences and is that why there was a lack of support for the connect and a second part of that question is also do you think this relates to vr and would it, you know, would it set back VR as well, pretty much?
1: Okay. Very good question. So here's what I say, uh yeah, I think I think it comes down to the developers, you know, when Microsoft decided to to have this Connect feature, I don't really think that they really, really sat back and thought about what exactly how we're going to utilize these features. Uh, I, I believe that, you know, and I didn't try this you know, the Xbox fitness stuff. I've heard that some of that stuff did make use of Kinect. Uh, I didn't try it, obviously, and you can't really see on this camera. I mean, I don't have a whole bunch of muscles, so obviously, you know, I haven't been exercising, uh, especially not in terms of using that type of technology. But I do think that, um, you know, it it all starts with the the developers really finding what, you know, when, when this technology was introduced. They needed to really think about how you want to use it. Now, the voice commands, as Max said, stuff is good. Some of that stuff I still use to this day. And, and you know, it's also a bit annoying as well, because I've had to disconnect the, that connect a couple of occasions where all of a sudden there'll be something else said that I didn't say. Maybe I was watching something on TV. Then all of a sudden the connect responds. So that's a little annoying, but, um, in terms of the physical activity, um, Yeah, this is something that I think it is a bit limited. But again, this is all uh, based on what the developers are thinking when the technology came out. They had to think about how they want to utilize this stuff. So if they didn't really think it through, then it will be limited. And in terms of VR, that is a very interesting question because obviously we don't really yet know what Microsoft is going to do with VR quite yet. We do know that the Scorpio is going to make use of VR in some capacity, you will, will be able to have and play VR games on there. We don't know any other details beyond that. Um, I don't know if it's going to be limited in terms of what you can do. Uh, that is something between that works out between Microsoft and, and the devs. You know, they're saying that Scorpio is as powerful as it is. We know it's powerful. It should be able to do a lot of things. But the devs are the ones that will make use of the power to their benefit to actually create the game. So it depends how they decide to utilize that type of stuff. One thing I did want to say, because I want to make sure that I am very fair in in the points that I am saying. As I said earlier, I don't think that Microsoft made a good use of the Kinect. I would still say that I also think the verdict is still out on what Sony is doing with PlayStation VR, because I haven't seen one title that I absolutely would buy that device for. Now, Resident Evil 7, that was the first title where I saw that, I said, okay, that makes total sense to make use of PlayStation VR. Great. And that's great. But beyond that, there's a couple of games Sony is releasing later this year that, yes, this is good. You know, that can help PlayStation VR. But in terms of the launch titles they had, I I haven't really seen one title yet that will make me be like oh i needed to buy that at launch you know i know eve valkyrie is a great game a lot of the titles they had they're like little smaller experiences you know maybe like a a demo or a little bit over a demo a couple of hours or so but i haven't seen a major killer app you know resident evil 7 really was the first one and that's not even a sony exclusive title because you can also play that on xbox and pc um but I, again, that's, that's the situation where, you know, the software has to help the hardware. And again, it goes back on the, 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 the developers looking at the hardware, fully utilizing how it can be used and then deciding ways to implement that into their game so that the user actually can experience this stuff. So I would say if the devs are able to figure this stuff out by fully researching everything ahead of time, then that will help. To improve certain stuff. But in terms of the Kinect, you know, I'm glad that Microsoft has decided to step away from the Kinect. You know, it's a little ridiculous that they didn't think about how to utilize this device when they first introduced it. Uh, Because the Kinect Adventures, come on, son. You know damn well, a lot of people, you know, I know I wasn't going to play that. You know, maybe there's some people out there that did give it a chance, but I looked at that game, I was like, nah, I'm good. I'll pass on that. But I'm glad they stepped away from it now so they can focus on other things. But yeah, I'm just hoping that that is something that every developer does forward, every company that decides to invest in technology, think about this stuff ahead of time, because you have to think about this, and you have to make sure the messaging is clear, as well as communicate with the developers, because if you give them everything and you explain to them how certain things work, then they can do their own research and have time to really make great experiences. But... It's just my opinion. Well said. Uh oh. Yeah. Well. I think he said my camera was moving, so I apologize for the movement. There, there was a lot that had to be said at that time, but we're good now. So uh any other thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next.
2: Uh do you think Connect has a future? Like will they revamp it bring it back do you think or is that pretty much it is, is uh because they've got that uh what's that other ar thing that they're doing the hololens hololens yeah
1: i i i i do have an answer but i'm gonna let max give his answer first um i don't think
3: that they're really gonna do much more with it aside from maybe include voice commands somehow like aside from using your mic that'd be cool if it was just built in you just talk to your xbox and you could do voice commands because we don't need any of that camera bs especially since the scorpio is vr capable and stuff you know
1: yeah yeah that makes sense that's a good explanation my explanation is very simple to the point to answer your question gary that's a hell no <laughs> it's not just a, not just a regular no it's a hell it's a hell no the score, its it, they I think they're done with Connect, um, and I know that Microsoft is—they're they, very concerned about power. A lot of people were saying that because of the Connect, it felt like the system suffered in regards to certain games. It didn't quite reach the resolution that they needed to reach. All this other stuff, so. Now you're going to see, you know, what the difference is with the fact that they take the Connect out and now you're focused specifically on the platform. So I think it's fine. You know, if you don't have a way of how you're going to utilize this stuff, then then it doesn't make sense to even have it in the first place. Um But we'll see. I could be wrong. You know, I'm not a Microsoft exec, so, you know, they could easily make a decision, you know, let's bring Connect back another way, but we'll see
2: yeah i definitely feel like that they're, they're gonna highlight some sort of peripheral with scorpio whether it's you know a vr headset or hololens or something i feel like there will be something there i mean maybe not at first maybe they'll introduce it later but i do feel like there'll be some sort of peripheral that they introduce
1: see so here's the thing i think that they could consider that but again i don't think this is something they're going to consider right now you know first we need to figure out how much scorpio costs if they're yeah. telling people well well the scorpio is going to cost seven hundred six hundred seven hundred dollars there's no way in hell that they could think about well okay now there's another peripheral that we also have available for this, this is another two three hundred dollars microsoft cannot be that foolish uh, i i mean i think that eventually they will consider a way to have this stuff further down the road. I don't think this is something that's going to happen right at the beginning of this whole process. Um, But I could be wrong. But again, it it all depends how much the system costs because if you are going to sell the consumer a $500 system, okay, that's fine. They already sold us the Xbox One, which is $500. But now if you're saying that there's also something else that you can get, it doesn't come with the system. It costs more. I don't think anyone's going to want to spend uh, more especially when you still haven't already purchased a game and maybe even Xbox Live so I would say um, it's a possibility down the road HoloLens was shown for a reason they can use utilize that later but I don't think they're going to utilize it right at the beginning of um, when they announce this system because they, man, that would be overkill for people if they announce all that and then that, the price the total price of everything oh no Microsoft they cannot be that foolish but I don't know. Uh, what, 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 what do you think, Max? I don't know. I
3: think I think you're right. I think we're going to have to see the price first and then kind of jump to conclusions there because 500 is a lot. Like, 500 is what it better be at or lower, but 500 is still a lot. And like you said, without a game or Xbox Live or anything like that, so... I don't know if uh, another peripheral would even be a smart idea, let alone, even if it was really cool, it would probably not be smart to do that right now, unless the Scorpios is hella cheap somehow, and they bundle it all in, but I really, really can't see that happening.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. For cost purposes, it's definitely uh, not the smart thing to introduce it right now, like maybe, you know, after, maybe next year or something like that would be good, um, Yeah. I yeah,
1: I, I, you know, I, I, I still think that uh,
2: Microsoft
1: is still watching Sony and how they do VR and how the industry responds to VR before they actually dive headfirst into this. And you know, Phil, Phil never said anything about a VR headset yet. Um, I think they're still taking a wait and see approach, and then if this becomes a success, then we'll jump onto it. But um, I definitely think next year is more likely. Um, I don't I do not think they're going to talk about anything in VR related at E3, but I could be wrong. You know, but I I would say if they are going to do it and not this isn't just directed to Microsoft but anybody if you're going to talk about this other products, you have to already have in mind what is the software that is going to push people to buy this product. That is what you need to be thinking about. Um, and I, I trust that Phil, you know, he knows what the deal is with that, so I don't really think that they're going to have that issue. But again. I don't know what they're going to plan, what they have planned for E3. We'll have to wait and see. But um, I will hope that if they are, do announce any of this VR stuff, you know, it, it is a good reason for it. But I don't think, you know, right now, I think they know people are a concerned about how much is this is this Scorpio going to cost now. So they're not going to be talking about any uh, accessories quite yet. I don't think, but I could be wrong. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But We don't have that much longer to wait anyway. So we'll we'll find out soon enough. So, that's uh that's it on this particular topic, correct?
2: Yeah, nothing more to add from I Yeah, yeah I'd agree. okay. I
1: think that we uh we pretty much covered it. Okay, cool. So now we're gonna go to my favorite favorite topic of today, and in my opinion, this is the news that when I heard this news now, is it's 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 a on one end. I'm happy for remedy. On the other end, you know, this is once again, another, it shines more light on Xbox. Microsoft and their inability to really keep first party exclusives on their system. So, as we found out earlier this week, Remedy Games, they made an announcement. Actually, this happened a couple days ago. They made an announcement that the next title that they will will be working on will be going multi-platform, so it's not going to be just on Xbox One. Then they alluded to more information in the days that followed, and they outright said that, you know, Quantum Break, which came out around this time last year, that is going to be the last Xbox One exclusive title that they actually release on the console. Now, that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, other games they work on won't be on Xbox One, but that is the last exclusive Xbox One title that they are working on. So they have a couple of games they're working on now one game in particular that has a code name p5 and no wesley this is not persona 5. i know that game is awesome i'm just let you know now this is not persona 5. okay so they're working on some title with the code name p5 and it is coming to multiple consoles they didn't really emphasize what exactly but the question that we pose with this particular episode, because we had talk about this, we talk about this stuff all the time off air as well. What does something like this mean for the Alan Wake franchise? Because Alan Wake, a lot of people have been waiting for an Alan Wake sequel, uh, me included in this as well. And when Quantum Break got announced, you know, I did write a review for it on our website. I enjoyed the game, but I still thought, where the hell is Alan Wake two? Because even at Quantum Break, they keep referencing Alan Wake and that this story is still ongoing. When it's obvious they want to work on this title, but Microsoft probably said, no, we need you guys to work on something else until that is ready. I mean, I don't know if that was their personal decision not to work on it yet. But now that this has been, now that it has been indicated that now they they don't want to make any more exclusives on Xbox, now we pose the question of, are we going to see alan waco on playstation 4 so i have some thoughts to share but how about you go first gary and share your own thoughts
2: well i mean because uh, i think you uh predicted this last, it might have been last week or the week before or something you said something along these lines and you know obviously at that time um it you know, it didn't seem as possible because we were under the, the assumption that Remedy works, you know, with works closely with Microsoft. But now, after all of this has come out, it's, you know, it's definitely possible. It definitely seems possible now. And uh, by the sounds of it, they've already been working on that game, possibly. So we might see an announcement as soon as E3 this year about Alan Wake coming to the PS4. And that wouldn't that won't look good for Microsoft with everything else that's been happening with their first party lineup, you know, with Scalebound, for instance, being cancelled. So yeah, uh, that it doesn't it doesn't bode well for Microsoft, but it is at the same time it is good that more people will have access to remedies games going forward because, you know, that might have been one of their complaints that maybe they limited their audience by going exclusive with Microsoft, maybe. So, they might, you know, it might be a case of um, they're trying to look at their future and what they're trying to achieve, and they want to reach more people with their projects. So, you know, maybe going multi platform makes sense for them. Um, Insomniac Games did something similar themselves. You know, they said, uh, we want to go multi platform, we don't just want to make games on the PlayStation platform. So, this, this is a kind of similar move to that
1: yeah very very similar to that um so i won't be surprised if we do see a sunset overdrive 2 on playstation um sony and honestly you know that spider-man game everyone is looking forward to that game i haven't talked to one person that isn't looking forward to that game so that may do some big things for sony as well and make it so that that's you know they, they can assure that they'll definitely have Sunset Overdrive on there on PlayStation as well. Uh, but Matt, Max, you have any thoughts?
3: Well, yeah. i I also think, yeah, it's bad for Microsoft. And this just shows that... I don't know if it's not that they don't care about having first-party studios anymore, but maybe that they just don't know how to keep them. They don't know what we want. Even though, like you guys were saying, Quantum Break is pretty cool... It's not the type of game that's going to get people to buy an Xbox or anything like that. And Remedy didn't really get much from it. Like, the game, it's really funny, actually. You on the Xbox store right now, the game is still $60. It's 28 right now with the spring sale going up, but the game is $60. And that makes me think that's because not a lot of people bought it and they're still trying to, be, like, get money from it. You know what I mean? Because most games, even, like, Halo Wars 2 has dropped by now, you know? Like, the fact that it's $60, what is it, a year and a half Later, I don't remember exactly when Quantum Break came out, but it was a while back now, and just kind yeah. of ridiculous, you know. And Remedy, I think this is great that we're seeing because maybe Remedy can work on more games because let's see, they had Alan Wake and then Quantum Break. That's like all they've had the longest time, you know what I mean? I'd be interesting to see what sort of deals they're offered to see if maybe Sony. Maybe. What if Sony, like, snatched them up or Sony, like, had an exclusive game with them? That'd be interesting to see. But, um... Yeah, I just want to see more from them, and I think that this move will mean that we're going to see more from them, and if everyone gets to play those games, then that's great, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So so let me go ahead and start off by saying this. Um, I think that uh, Remedy... This is a fantastic studio. Uh, They've worked on a lot of great games. Um... Quantum Break is not necessarily it, the game is okay it has a couple of cool elements about it but it, this is still as you already said Max not really a console seller um, but I know Microsoft invested a ton of money into this game you had the cast that you had in this game I'm pretty sure all of them commanded some uh, a good amount of money from their roles as well uh, so with all that said um, it did not sell well it didn't perform well and again, as someone who actually played the game and reviewed the game, I, I just found it interesting how they kept referencing Alan Wake in this game. It's like, to me, that was a sign, listen, we really want to work on Alan Wake too, we, we can't. We can't work on that now because Microsoft wants us to work on this other project. So for Remedy, I'm, I'm glad that they're actually making or going to be able to make more games on different platforms now because this is a good studio that deserves to be making money off of their titles. Um, so I'm fine with that. One thing I did want to address, though, is that I know that after the Scorpio was announced, a lot of people, you know, I've, I've had a couple people who have left comments on the co-op, so on and so forth, and other podcasts, which there was getting on the fact that a lot of people said that Microsoft doesn't have any games. Now, we need to clarify that statement, because I guess some people need the clarification We're not saying the system doesn't have games. We're saying where the hell are the first party titles at that Microsoft has? And if you look at what has happened this year with Microsoft, the fact that Scalebound has gotten canceled, the fact that Fable Legends is now, this is dead in the water. You have to ask these questions because these are valid questions to ask. Where the hell are the first party titles? You know, normally we see Halo, we see Gears, and we see Forza. Great franchises in their own right. It's fine. Even though I wasn't a fan of the Halo 5 story, that multiplayer was absolutely fantastic. And that's one of the best multiplayers of that that whole year when they had all those games coming out. That, in my opinion, was the best game for multiplayer that year. But with that said, you still also as a company should be willing to take risks to try other things. Look at a company like Sony and the fact that they took risks making a game like Horizon the fact they're taking risks on all these other titles and the Sucker Punch title which is also coming out later this year this is not an infamous game this is a new IP so I'm pretty sure that Sony has given that, that team the ability to make something different that we haven't seen before we'll find out what that is in a couple of months but the point I'm getting at is that if any company wants to be successful obviously you have to have the games you put out that you know are the heavy hitters like Halo like Gears of War but you also have to take risk to try other things. They tried that with scale bound and for whatever reason, it didn't work out because they probably, you know, they probably had some high demands of that team and they had a certain window they wanted to hit. And when it didn't hit that, they said, okay, we need to cancel the project. And I don't understand why that decision was made, but they have to know that none of this stuff could look good. And now when you do hear Alan Wake getting announced, to now be on playstation you are going to see a lot of xbox fans some may try to throw this under the rug and be like oh well i'm not worried about that because the scorpio is getting all the better games because it's going to be the games they run at a high fidelity they're closer to pc etc what those people fail to understand though is that software is important and in this case with the, with the scorpio games in particular what good will any of that matter when you know playstation 4 already has the higher base right now a lot of people buy games on playstation 4 based on the fact that this is a system you know it started out strong and it, when it first came out and it has not slowed down yet even when it didn't have games they still had the better ports so now just because microsoft gets the better ports you think that is going to to, to change the whole dynamic? I don't think so. I don't think that's enough. Because, again, all the fans already have gravitated towards PlayStation 4. There are still some that are rocking with Xbox. But because so many people have gravitated towards PlayStation 4, I'm pretty sure a lot of their friends also have a PlayStation 4, which means that when these games come out this fall, these other big titles, most people will probably buy it on PlayStation 4. They're not going to get it on Scorpio. So can this be something that changes over time if Scorpio picks up momentum? Sure, it's possible. But I think that it's, it's just, it doesn't make any kind of sense. You know, and again, the first party lineup, when we say that there are no games, it, this is about the first party lineup. And anyone should not, they shouldn't need a dictionary to understand what we're saying when we say this. It's, it's very clear. I think it's very clear. Yes, there are games coming to Scorpio, but where are the first party titles? And for the people that say the exclusives don't matter, I think horizon would show you differently i think a game like near would show you differently all of those games that sony had to drop this year whether it was first or third party all fantastic all great games so the question of where is xbox games is a valid question but again i'm sure we'll get some comments on this because i had that little rant people will find a way to say oh well you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong i'm right and it is what it is. But uh, I just think this is an issue for Microsoft. And I, and I will say this, and I'm, I'm going to let Gary, I think you're about to say something. I'll just say this real quick to end off my rant. Uh, you asked me, do I think that Microsoft is going to deliver at E3? I think Scorpio will be a good system. But I think that the first party lineup problem, this is a problem that is not going to get resolved anytime soon, if, if at all. Because... We already have a good idea of what some of the games are people are working on they've already shown us some games they are working on if they have a massive game that they didn't announce that they show us yeah we'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say okay this is good but for now i have to say based on what i've seen this year from microsoft it is not looking good for xbox so far this year scorpio is going to be a beast you know no doubt about that but you talk about the games that are on scorpio that's something where we just don't know until we get the information but right now this does not look good in terms of the titles but i am i'm happy for remedy remedy deserve to make money on their titles so i'm glad they're on multi platform that this is what need, needed to happen and if it happens with sunset overdrive also happy because i want more people to play these games to see why they're good but we'll see what happens so gary you had a point to say <laughs>
2: yeah um so you mentioned um ports you mentioned something interesting about the ports now obviously with that power with that kind of power scorpio is definitely going to get the better ports you know for a while because is you know they're they're talking about being able to upscale textures and all sorts so the the games are going to look significantly better on that platform And you know that's that's a really good thing, but what people have to keep in mind is that that's only going to work work out for them in the long run if they get a huge influx of sales when the console launches. You know, if they don't get that that huge influx of sales off the bat, then it's not going to help them in the long run because PS4 already has a huge install base, and like you said, people are playing with their friends already on. PS4 they're comfortable they're happy with the service they're getting on that platform so you know they're not going to make a jump you know to uh to another console just because it's delivering you know upscaled 4k and and all that stuff um and obviously there's also you know the, the PS4 Pro as well that's another option that they can jump to if they want to and that's where price becomes very important and just now max actually put in um an article into our chat that um it's it's a Gamespot article and it it, it shows you know a list of people giving their estimates of what they think the console will cost and a lot of people (coughs) excuse me a lot of people are saying 500 and you know that's along the lines of what we predicted as well so it seems like it's going to be around 500 or so um and I, I i personally feel like it will be worth more than 500 but i think microsoft may be prepared to take a loss on the sales so i hope they are prepared to because if it's anything more than that then they will price themselves out of the market i think um so i'm hoping that you know 500 is the cap for the scorpio because i think that really is uh as you know That's what people are going to be willing to pay because if you go above that, you know it's like why not just build a PC because it's going to last you longer. Like you're going to be able to play quality um, games for longer on a PC. So yeah, Um, and also I wanted to also say one thing, Um, Wesley. I gave I give Wesley credit for this because he brought this up earlier. Now if they do once they do reveal that price at E3 of the Scorpio and everything. What if the the very next day Microsoft, I mean, sorry, Sony counters with a price drop to both the PS4 Pro and the PS4? Like that will kind of hurt as well.
1: Oh yeah, uh, you know, yeah. See, th- th- those are great points. It, I, I I feel like the price drop is is definitely going to happen, uh, whether it's the day after or it, it, during the holiday season when this system actually launches the sony is definitely going to drop the price i think we we know for sure that'll happen because then it'll be a whole year that that system has been out so yeah they'll definitely drop the price i don't know by how much maybe 50 dollars, maybe a little bit more um we'll see uh one point i was going to make that you, you mentioned about the ports again is that um you know yeah i mean to me i mean there there's gonna be people that go out there and decide to buy a scorpio no matter how much it costs just so that they can get a better version of the game but for for a a consumer if they already have a playstation 4 and or they already have an xbox one uh and they know that the playstation 4 version runs slightly better or has a higher frame rate or higher resolution than the xbox one version maybe that 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 that's all they want is just the game and then in that case they'll just buy the game i don't see a lot of people going out to buy a scorpio just because another game they want runs at a higher frame rate capability, like a PC game. I, I don't see a lot of people doing that. Now, obviously, Microsoft knows this because they said it's, it's a bit of a, a, of a niche. They know this already. But I just think um, it, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, somebody is going to literally spend 550 $600 just to get a better version of a game that comes with the system. I, I don't see anybody that would actually do that, but some people are going to do it. I know that people are going to do it. I just, I would think that if I have a certain only but so much money to, to, to work with from the very beginning, instead of buying that, I would buy a whole bunch of games I want for that money and then just play it on PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One S or whatever they have. But it's just my opinion. But there's a lot of people that are going to go out there and do that because, yes, they're going to be like, it's, it's the better port now again the port is going to be better but as you already know gary this is not going to be like it's a pc uh, game because the pc is this is at the very top of the, of the list you know obviously this is a console versus the pc so if they want the best version of the game then they will just get a pc and get that version but they're not going to look at it that way they're going to be like no i want that scorpio version so but i don't know i don't know this is too yeah. much
2: and to bounce off of that um, Inati I think in, in the chat just said um, Better versions of ports ain't saving Nobody PC would be killing the game if that was the case So that's yeah. another point right there Yeah um, But I will say that the the PC market Has you know grown quite a lot Over the past few years But yeah we're talking a console And consoles have short lifespans As it is So yeah
1: Yeah, but I mean, we have to see what happens. I mean, I I just want to make it clear that um, when I do talk about some stuff with Microsoft, I'm a diehard Microsoft fan. I mean, I'm a fan of all the consoles. I mean, I I, I like Nintendo. I like Sony and Microsoft. Uh, With Microsoft, though, in particular, you know, I recall, I've said many times on this show that I initially used to play a lot of games on PlayStation 3, and then when Bioshock came out, that was the game that made me get an Xbox. And then after that, I played Mass Effect and that game was amazing also. So yeah, I, 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 I very much enjoy Xbox. Um, but obviously I just think that there's more that they need, they need to bring to the table with the, with the titles in particular, with the first party titles cannot emphasize that enough. That is highly important to, I think, the overall experience. Um, not really just from a competitive standpoint, but when you... I mean, you got to understand something. How do you think the people at Microsoft feel, Phil Spencer and these guys, when they're looking and they see Sony's dropping Horizon Zero Dawn, you got Neo, you got Nier, you got Gravity Rush 2, you got Yakuza, and Microsoft doesn't have any game out for, for most of this year? All we got is Halo Wars 2? You can't tell me that there is no fan out out here that's like, oh, well, that doesn't matter. If, if that's the case, then I I, I I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But that's just my opinion.
2: Well, I, I just hope that Phil Spencer came back from Japan with uh, a suitcase full of signed contracts and stuff.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be big for them, too, because that's one of the biggest pulls on the PlayStation 4, especially as of quarter one, is Japanese games, you know? Aside from, like, Horizon, I'm pretty sure Neo, Nier, a Persona, um, what else came out? Know? Well, even those three alone, they're Japanese titles, you know? Like, that's
1: huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, a lot of people will make the argument, well, those games don't matter. It's a Japanese game. But the fact of the matter is that those same people, if they had those games on Xbox One and it wasn't on PlayStation 4, you know they would be bragging and saying, hey, we got all these games to play. What does Sony have? Mm-hmm. You know that's how this the story would be. But again, I'm not going to get into the fanboy stuff. This is all just my opinion. So obviously, there will be people that will disagree. But uh, I just think, you know, when you see what has happened with Microsoft so far this year, yes, I'm happy for the Scorpio. I'm glad the Scorpio is coming out. Will I pick it up? More than likely, maybe, depending on price. But the games issue, the first party games issue, I want to see what they do with that. Because after canceling a lot of different games you have there's no way you can't be concerned about that unless you just don't care and you just like well it's all about power, I don't care about first party titles, I'll just get Call of Duty on the system, even though I can also get that game on PC or PlayStation 4 uh, but, just my opinion totally my opinion <laughs> so um, any final thoughts on this topic before we wrap up the show
0: nah, I'm good
2: no nothing from me i feel like we're kind of uh you know we're kind of getting on microsoft's case a bit lately but i mean this it's just the it's just where we're at at the moment you know like it's not looking good for them um in terms of the lineup so that's and, where all this is coming from we're not singling them out or anything
1: And 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 i do want to make a quick comment before we end this topic for those that may ask this question later or may try to call us out later I would encourage them to watch other episodes of the co-op in the past when Sony said they had a sparse lineup and we said where the hell are the games. We had a couple of episodes titled Where Are the Games? talking about where are the PlayStation 4 games. So, I just wanted to be clear, we're not just putting Microsoft on the spot. We you know, we we we, we address Sony in the past. We will continue to address anybody that that does some messed up stuff or does stuff we don't necessarily agree with. This is, this is an opinion show. But I didn't want to say that because a lot of people will probably say well you guys didn't talk about sony I would tell them listen if I need to I will give you the episode numbers you can look at for that information but yes we did address sony in the past when we said where are their games at so just want to just want to make, make it clear we, we are not biased in our opinions we try to keep it balanced and fair across the board and we will call somebody out if sony decides to do something horrible tomorrow Best believe we will talk about that on the next co-op. This is just how how it goes. But just want to put that out there.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I do have a question, though. Uh, if Uh-oh. We're done, if we don't, with Uh-oh. that.
1: Okay, yeah, go ahead. I'm ready yeah, for man. this.
2: This is from um, M. Collins, actually, from the Patreon. He sent <laughs> us a question. Okay, um, cool. His question was, uh, if Nintendo had more stock for the Nintendo Switch would it do Wii numbers? So, numbers of the original Wii, because that sold, like, you know, if you remember, that sold, like, a lot. And people were making memes that it was a cash generator for for Nintendo. So, basically, he's asking, you know, if they had more stock of the Switch, would it be selling as much as the Wii? Or could it sell as much as the Wii?
3: I don't think so, because the Wii was, like... The thing with the Wii was that it captured people who weren't gamers. You know what I mean? Like even my parents, who like never touched a controller in their lives, are like, "That looks cool. I want one of those." You know what I mean? It was like that whole the whole idea of the motion controller and everything. That is what hooked people. Not so much the games on the console, and um, they also had that killer marketing. Uh, they also had that killer marketing campaign. We can't forget about like we would like to play. Whereas the Switch, the Switch has fine ads, but it doesn't have anything crazy. So those two things combined was ridiculous. And then word of mouth, of course, was there as well. And also it launched, it didn't really launch in the middle of a generation, kind of like how the Switch is. The Switch is just like kind of here, whereas the Wii was more towards the start yeah, of like the 360 and the uh, Wii. So yeah, that's my thoughts.
2: Yeah, that's very true. What you said about uh it launching midway, kind of. But yeah, go ahead, Rich.
1: Oh uh, no, I was gonna say uh, I think Max has pretty much said a lot of stuff that uh <laughs> that I would have said. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know if it would have made a difference. Um, I just feel like with the switch, you know, it, I know that the, the Nintendo Direct was mentioned earlier. It, you know, I, I still think. Nintendo rushed that system out because they wanted to make sure they got some sales in to end, up, end off the fiscal year. Uh, with that said, you had Zelda, but you know, whenever Zelda is selling more than the console itself is selling, I, I, that's a little, you know, I, I, they really should have had this whole thing figured out with the when they started making these consoles, what the demand was going to be, how to try and meet the demand. Because I haven't been able, I haven't seen Switches in stock for a while, and I've been trying to get a Switch, but. uh, I guess eventually that'll change. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I will get a Switch at some point. But I, I think uh, Wii was just a, a different story. There's a lot more for Wii U. They had the marketing campaign. They had the gimmick. So they had everything on their side. But with this here, it's like, uh, yeah, you had Zelda drop, which is great. Mario, hopefully that's dropping later this year. That is a game I would pick it up for. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see
2: yeah I agree with a lot of what's said um, I feel like the Switch definitely had the potential to do those kind of numbers but they they missed the mark on the lineup I think um, you know if they would have had if they would have launched with an incredible lineup that had Zelda Mario and then you know uh, more games more big games notable games releasing within the, the months following its release then I think it, it you know those sales could have been there and obviously they would have needed to manufacture that that many consoles as well because nintendo seems to always have a production problem now with supplying you know enough units of the console but um yeah i think the potential is definitely there but i don't think it's going to happen unfortunately uh, I, I feel like they just they really just can't compete with um sony at the moment and you know probably microsoft even because you know i just don't feel like they they have enough Uh, obviously they have you know the ip the kind of ips that people will buy the system for because people are going to buy the system for zelda and mario but just i don't think enough there's enough type of people that will do that you know i think it's incredibly niche now so yeah i just don't see them doing those kind of numbers especially with you know little third-party support the thing is with the wii you know even though um the games might not have been as you know um visually appealing as games on the playstation 3 and xbox but they did have third-party support throughout like you know third-party companies were making exclusive stuff even you know just for that console throughout its lifespan so you know, that helped it a lot, too. Uh, but they, they don't have that with the Switch. So, yeah, I just don't see it happening.
1: I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Again, it's still very early on for Switch. So, I, you know, as we've already said on the show, the Metroid game, that has to get announced. I think that is a game a lot of people, they have been waiting for some type of announcement. Uh, once that gets announced, that will help even more. To drive more people to the console, uh, and then Mario. You know, we get a Mario release date at at, at at E3 and, and a Metroid announcement. I would say that's a good E3 for uh, Nintendo, but um, we'll see. To be determined. <laughs> but yeah, uh, final thoughts on this topic, or before we wrap up, or you you all set?
2: No, I think I said everything on that.
1: Yeah, good so. question. Good question by M. Collins. Definitely send us some more, uh, as well as uh, every anyone else that's checking out the show. Feel free to send us some questions. But uh, that concludes this week's show. We thank you all for listening, checking out the show, um, and definitely hope that you all have a happy Easter if you are celebrating. If not, you know it's a Sunday before you know. You know we all go back to work tomorrow, so make sure you relax, take it easy today, do some gaming or something but uh max you have any final shout outs you want to give
3: oh yeah as always just thanks everyone in the chat for participating it's always great and i will see you all next week
1: awesome uh i'd like to give a shout out also to everybody in the chat that has been watching again we do know this is easter so i'm surprised we had a a, you know a good amount of people in here so we, we appreciate the support thank you for checking out the show um and, uh, Gary, how about
2: you give your shout-outs? Yeah, as always, shouts to, you know, all the people who joined us in the chat and everything. Shouts to Wesley and Miguel and Pelvic and everyone who joined us today. And um, also, big shouts to our Patreon supporters. That's M Collins, Sean Goretti, Michael Hatcher, Stephen Furon, Riso Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lelowen Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, and Nick Biazzo. Shouts to all you guys. We appreciate your support. It helps to keep us going, and helps us with our expenses and everything. Um, and also, we uh, we're gonna announce our winner, our Persona, Persona Five winner, and that's Nicholas Alvarez. So shouts to you! Thanks for your support as always, and congrats on the new game.
1: Absolutely. And uh, just to let everybody else know, I, we are going to be doing a voting for the next giveaway this upcoming week. Uh, you know, there's a couple titles coming out next month, such as Prey, such as uh, Injustice 2. So definitely going to give you guys a chance to vote on which game you want us to give away next soon. Um, I'm not telling you to vote for Injustice 2 or Prey. Both games look fantastic, but I'm not favorite one or the other because I probably will get both games before all is said and done but definitely vote and let us know which guy, which games you want us to give away for the next giveaway so look for that this upcoming week but uh, thank you all once again for your continued support and we will talk to you all next week take care and have a good rest of the weekend
2: see you later